0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of uh, Chargers Analytics with Arjun. I apologize for my voice being a little bit raspy. Um, I'm not feeling 100%, but, you know, we're still here to, to rock it and to just go over everything that happened in the Chargers-Cowboys game and to really just try to preview uh, what the Chiefs game is going to look like uh, this Sunday. So let's, let's just talk about the, the Cowboys game. I mean, I was watching it with some of my friends, um, and, yeah, I wasn't having it that great of a time. I... I, I remember I was just watching and it was just like, you know, the chart, it seems like every time the Chargers had something going right for them, it just like, there's one step forward, two steps back. There'd be a big play. And then be, there'd be a penalty right after, or there would be a big play and the penalty would happen on that big play. And it was super disappointing to watch. It was, it just wasn't, you know, the best, uh, Game as a fan to take in, and especially against a really good Cowboys team. Like, I, I understand the Cowboys didn't have Lyle Collins, they didn't have Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, but this was a team that almost beat the defending champs on the road in week one. And, you know, it, it is a pretty good team. And I think I underestimated the Cowboys a little bit. I did not expect them to have that, you know, decent of a defensive performance um we'll get into all of the the metrics uh, a little bit later in the video okay what i i have to say one of the most disappointing things for me was i remember uh the cbs broadcast they put like a graphic on the screen and it's, and it said um uh it said justin herbert had completed passes to nine different receivers i looked over at my friend i was actually watching watching him with page if you remember him from uh from the summer um, and he's. I've, I've used a couple of his graphs and stuff. I told Tage, I was like, he's completed it to nine receivers. Donald Parham's going to be ten, and he's going to catch a touchdown inside the red zone. So I was partly correct in that he caught a touchdown, but it got called back. So, you know, I don't like. I don't know what what really happened. Um, it, it was definitely disappointing to see. I let. I just wanna. I just wanna start talking about some of the stuff I noticed. Some of the stuff I put together. So let's just start with this. Uh, I, the the guys on their uh, YouTube channel put out, you know, how comfortable do you feel with Storm Norton as a as as starting tackle? I I was expecting, before I voted and saw the percentages, I was expecting at least 30-40% on one to three. But it seemed like everyone was was in this four to six and seven to eight area. I mean, almost 80% of the votes are in that area. And it's very... Very surprising, and I'm not. I wasn't too sure why. And if there's one thing and and one big thing I've learned in my analytics journey from talking to the guys at PFF, from just talking to guys on Twitter, is that you always judge a player on a larger sample size, and and you would all you can always predict based on larger sample sizes. Storm Norton, in itself, you know, I'm not. I don't want to hate on the guy, but the guy he got cut in the NFL to play in the XFL. Right. And so obviously, you know, teams didn't see him as like a quote, qual- like even a backup in the NFL. So yeah, the Chargers signed him and he's very toolsy, you know, six, seven big, but you know, he's not, he's, he wasn't on an NFL team for a reason. And so for people to like, for people to see him have one decent, it wasn't a great game. It was a decent game in Washington. He was the guy that, that forced the, the sack which even though it wasn't, you know, they still, it was still a sack fumble. People didn't see it as much of a worry. And um, I should, I, I'll point this out also like, like storm Norton in itself, like, I'll point this out also the chargers had the entire off season to prepare for the Washington football team and the pass rushers they have and the moves they're going to make, you know, the, the trade of a great offensive lineman is seeing, can you prepare on a one week basis for a player? And, you know, you might not, there might not have been that much of film on, on Micah Parsons, but he's still, he's still a, an, a linebacker. Yeah. He played DN and he played pretty well. I'm not denying that, but he's still, he, he, he played linebacker in college. So for him to just dominate storm Norton, you know, we at PFF have uh, Parsons. Uh, he, 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 Notched eight pressures against Norton individually, which was it's horrible for Norton. So you know, Belag is out at least two more weeks. I don't know what the plan is if we're gonna kick File or that's a right tackle, if um you know we stick with Norton. I don't know what the plan is, but it needs to get better. It it really does. Um, next thing the the run defense. I'm one to admit that the run defense was horrible. It, it was, they averaged six yards a carry. I'm not denying that the run defense is bad. But, uh, you know, for the guys that that are saying, you know, they have, they have to fix the run defense. Let me pose this question to you. The Chargers got gashed for 190 yards on the ground, something like that, six yards a carry. How many points did they give up? Only 20 points. And realistically, it's 17 until that final drive, right? It's 20 points against you know, an offense that, that scored 30 on the Cowboys by passing the ball for however many times Dak threw the ball in that Tampa Bay game. So, you know, yeah, they're going to be, this is Staley's defense. He's going to be playing with light boxes. So, you know, let's, if we, if we go here, oh, this is the wrong, okay. If we look at this and we look at, you know, where the Chargers rank in terms of box counts, yeah, like I said they're first and they have through the first two weeks they've averaged 5.39 men in the box compared to Chicago's second place finish at 5. Uh, 5.47. Right? So, you know, this this whole idea that they have to stop the run is a myth. You don't have to stop the run. If, you know, I think Daniel Poppers is a tremendous beat writer, I'm a, but I'm also a huge fan of the Rams beat writer at the Athletic, Jordan Rodrigue. You know, she wrote an amazing piece talking about how Staley's defense is built on the idea of death by 10,000 10, paper cuts. We're going to force you to run, run, run. And once we actually do make an impact play, we're not going to let you pass the ball. But the problem is I'm not sure, you know, how long it took for Staley's guys to really stop the run because the charges are just getting gashed. So I do understand it's a problem and it definitely needs to be fixed. Um, but I don't see it as, I don't see that as like, a huge pressing issue issue uh compared to some of the other things let's go back uh, to some of this uh what else so uh, another takeaway the chargers are one of the most penalized teams in the nfl through two weeks and that is not good folks that is not good this was a trend i noticed in the preseason and i was like okay it's the backups but, you know, I, I really question, like, is, is it the backups or is it bad coaching? Are they coaching wrong techniques? Are they coaching techniques that would get them penalized? The Chargers ended up with the second most penalties in the preseason. I don't have that on the graph here, but I I made sure to go check that. And they have the second most, they're tied for the second most penalties through two weeks, right? Obviously, this is pending the Green Bay Detroit game, but they're not, they're probably not going to have like 15 plus penalties, which would put them over the Chargers. So to be penalized 21 times and to expect to start out 2-0, that's not good. Now, on the other side, they are penalized 21 times, yet they're still in the games, which is, I guess, a plus. But, you know, you can't, ex- you can't expect to be penalized that much, and have, expect to have that m- much margin for error and, and, you know, pretend to win every single game. It's not going to last through the course of the season. So wasn't too happy there. Um, they definitely need to fix the penalties. Now, how much do the penalties impact the Chargers? Thanks to my guy, um, Tucker Boyd, Boynton. You can find him, Tucker Boynton, on Twitter. He has this really awesome website, NFL Fast Start Play Index. Shout out to him. I was able to do some some filtering and just check how much EPA, remember EPA stands for expected points added. Um, one of the, It's a better way to measure you know, offensive efficiency. So how much EPA did the Chargers lose due to penalties? And of course... They rank in the top five. So as we expected, you know, when you get two touchdowns called back, you're damn right that you're gonna have a top five EPA loss due to penalties. And that needs to change. That needs to change. All You see all these teams? One and one, or oh and two, one and one, oh and two, one and one, one and one, right? Uh, the track record down here isn't the best, right? Oh and two, uh, but like these type of things might be a little bit of outliers but you talk about like Denver, you know, like six, only six penalties on offense. We talk about like Chargers have the, the second most penalties called on them on offense. They had, I believe 10 out of their 12 yesterday, 10 out of their 12 penalties called yesterday were on offense. That can't happen. That kid, especially in a league where you need to put up points. You just can't have penalties holding you back. I like guys. I remember watching Justin Herbert, run that play action and throw a ball 45 yards in the air and it was a bullet it would like this was this was how the ball looked joe burrow his throws are like that herbert are is flat that was a dart in the air and of course jared jared cook gets called for holding i also remember seeing that hold and i was like please don't call it i know it's a hold but you know please don't call it the legal shift the If uh, Trey Pipkins had a a face mask on a field goal, like how is that even possible? It was just just a bunch of things that didn't go right. And they they need to be fixed. They need to be fixed Uh, before the Chiefs. Because as I'll get to in just a little bit, the Chiefs are, you have to play a perfect game. And if you don't play a perfect game, you need the dice to roll your way. Or it needs to roll the number you choose. You you know what I'm trying to say. You can't mess up against the Chiefs. You saw the Browns. They had the Chiefs in their palm in Week One, and they lost because their their uh, punter muffed or fumbled a uh, punt. He fumbled a punt handoff, like a punt hold. Chiefs recover, score a touchdown. Ravens realistically should have lost that game yesterday. Uh, But like I said. Chiefs made the mistake they lost that game I don't think the Ravens won that game I think the Chiefs lost because um, bad you know bad uh, clock management game management by Andy Reid and then also obviously Clyde Edwards Hilaire fumbling uh, fumbling the game away doesn't help as well so the the margin for error for the Chargers uh, this Sunday is very small next uh, let's just talk a little bit about neutral pass rate um, what that means and you know where the Chargers ranking fourth this is a great sign. Up there with, with gunslinging teams like Kansas City. Uh, <coughs> sorry about that, the Buccaneers and um, the Buffalo Bills. You know, this Staley's really gonna like quote unquote from his uh, from the All In episode. We want to throw this shit down the field. This is gonna be the best passing offense in the league. That's what he said. That's what he wants to do. And for them to throw the ball sixty five percent of the time on first and second downs, when you know the win probability rate for them is between 20 percent and 80 percent. That's a great sign. Now, you know Kansas City. Like I said, they're going to throw the ball about 65 percent of the time on on early downs. So the the thing I talked about about how um, you know the Chargers might be might or the how the Chargers play a lot of light boxes on early downs. Um, this is going to be especially important because. I'm not too worried about the Chiefs running game. If I'm being honest, I'm worried that Patrick Mahomes is going to sling the ball all over the place against us at home. And uh, yeah, it's not going to be pretty. So, you know, glad to see Chargers up there, but this will be a likely shootout given how much the Chiefs throw and them ranking second uh, obviously proves that point. Patrick Mahomes. What do we know about him, guys? This guy is the best quarterback in the NFL, but not just that. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the month of September since he took over the starting role in 2018. As you can see here, he completely breaks the graph in terms of EPA per play. This guy almost doubles Philip Rivers' numbers in September in terms of EPA. So the likelihood of the Chargers slowing him down this Sunday is very very minimal i've always said andy reed and sean mcveigh are two of the best are, are are the two best play callers in the month of september because no one knows what kind of like kind of uh like what kind of twitches what kind of uh, additions they made to their offense offensive playbook in the in the off seasons and so don't expect you know that great of a defensive performance um versus the Chiefs if I'm being completely honest it's obviously I, I want to say optimistic and you you really should try to say as optimistic as possible as a fan um but just realize that Patrick Mahomes is like is borderline unstoppable when it comes to his play um in in September so let's just let's just review you know how 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 uh, Justin Herbert's been so far uh so you know, he hasn't, if I had to give a rating on his field from one to 10, I would just give him like a seven, seven, maybe 7.5. I thought he's made some absolutely incredible throws. That throw to Austin Eckler, I mean, you could not have put it any perfect, more perfect. That throw to Keenan Allen, a whole shot versus cover two, man. I mean, like just filth, just straight filth. And it's like I remember used used to I remember watching Phillip Rivers in that 2019 season. I would just get scared every time he threw the ball up. I would get scared anytime he has to make a play outside of the pocket. But with Herbert, it's like I have confidence now that he's gonna make the right throw. He needs to cut back on the interceptions. He did make a couple of iffy throws, but I do think, you know, in the end, he's he's looked pretty good. I know the graph shows him as being, you know, kind of average. Um, in terms of EPA, he ranks 17th. Not a great number, but you know, like I said, things, I think things just haven't slipped his way. (laughs) Sorry about that. Things haven't gone his way completely, um, little more luck on his side. And you know, I think Cowboys, the Cowboys did a pretty good job game planning against them, brought out a lot of exotic looks, um, and played a lot of cover too, forcing Herbert to take the intermediate throws. So uh, in terms of CPOE, this measure measures accuracy, it's not a it's not the best metric. Um, that you will you can see, but it is a better metric than just using, like, completion percentage. So Herbert ranking 11th, that's a great sign seeing that he was ranked, like, 23rd in 2020. Mahomes, unfortunately, guys, ranks third in CPOE, ranks second in EPA, and, yeah, this is, it's going to be a handful on Sunday. And so, you know, like I said, just don't expect too much in, in terms of stopping Mahomes. But, you know, this is an exploitable defense and as much as you know I don't want to bite my own as much as I don't want to like like uh eat my own words next week this is a very very susceptible Chiefs defense as you can see here they are the worst rushing defense in the NFL and I've I mean it it doesn't hurt to be the worst rushing defense because you know you're the Chiefs and like how many teams are actually going to run against you when you're playing from when you're playing with the lead, you're not going to get the ball rushed on you many times. Chargers are the fifth worst. Chiefs are the worst. You know, we can attack the Chiefs through the air. And it's definitely something that we're going to have to do to be able to beat them. Because this is, without a doubt, um, going to be a shootout. All right, guys. So that's going to bring me to, to the end of today's episode. I am extremely sorry for um, me being a little bit under the weather. I still hope this was a productive video that you guys were able to have some actionable takeaways. Remember, it's it's... Cutting down the penalties, and yes, we need to improve the run defense, but you know, going up against the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, we need to be able to stop the pass. And I think we've done a decent job with that, not perfect. Um, getting Chris Harris back should help. I don't know what Justin Jones is going to be like, um, but this is going to be a, a true test. We'll see if this is going to be a blowout in Kansas City or we keep this competitive. I obviously hope it's competitive. Um, just like last week, I'm going to do my score prediction. I do think we will lose this game just because, like I said, Patrick Mahomes is virtually unstoppable in September. And while this defense with the too high look, the too high, remember, two high safeties instead of one high safety. While this defense is built to stop Patrick Mahomes, uh, like Big Fangio has done in Denver and Todd Bowles did in the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay's defense. Uh, the the margin for error is extremely small. Um for the chargers and i think with the amount of penalties they've uh they've got called on them and you know just the players still adapting to this new defense i do think there'll be too many mistakes to overcome and i i do think herbert's looked pretty good but steve spagnolo's defense has traditionally been one that's hard to decipher and he's gonna play, he's gonna be playing a lot of cover too if i'm if my memory serves me right could he could be blitzing a lot as well um, and they do have the honey badger back. So this is going to be a very exciting test. I'm not expecting much. Like I said, I do expect the Chargers to to fall. My score prediction would be like 30, you know, 35, 24. Um, but I do think this could be, a, you know, if they want to make a statement that they are legit contenders, not just for the playoffs, but for the Super Bowl, they have to show it this week and make a make a statement uh, after really, they didn't, the Cowboys didn't win that game last this past sunday the chargers lost that so that bring that's going to end the video thank you guys for watching and with that as always bolts up